0: This is Fireproof Your Retirement with Michael J. Markey Jr. Fireproof Your Retirement is 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Michael's passion is to teach listeners the same thing he's taught clients and prospects, how to take control of their money. It's been this philosophy which has garnished Michael and his firm Legacy Financial Network national attention. In 2010, AM Best featured them as one of the top 10 most innovative agencies in the country. In 2014, Insurance Newsnet Magazine featured Michael as a local celebrity and life health pro, named him hero of the insurance industry. Michael's even been given the Moving America Forward Award by William
1: Shatner. Now here's your host, Michael J. Markey Jr. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of of your favorite financial radio show it has to be otherwise why would you have tuned in maybe you say i tuned in by accident but i think that's a lame excuse because you know you came here for a reason it's the show where the only blanket statement that we like is that we don't like blanket statements and our belief is that we can change lives we can change lives by changing the way people look at money because money in the end doesn't have any meaning it doesn't make it evil but it's a tool it's a tool that only has purpose its purpose is to give or to spend. That's the only two things you can do with money. So I am your host, Michael Markey, with me today as she is each and every week, faithfully, dutifully, somewhat sincerely, I've got my wife, Vanessa Markey.
2: Hi, everyone.
1: Sound more excited. Let's go take two. Hi, everyone. There we go. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about enabling. We'll see where today's conversation goes. But let's talk about enabling college-age children? How do we know when we've transitioned from enabling to helping? I get lots of questions or on this. maybe
2: from helping to enabling. Well, maybe
1: you're now enabling me because it's really not that helpful. So maybe you're enabling me because that wasn't really that helpful. Point is, how do we know, like I said before, when we're going from helping to enabling our college age children? So I will set this out right now. As we, you and I talk to people our age, I know that we get corrected a lot of times because we'll say, well, kids, and they're like, you're our same age. Why do you keep referring to us as kids? Well, a lot of it has to do with most of the people I work with are and serve come into our office, 60, 70, sometimes 80 years old. But well, let's talk about this. How do we know when we're actually helping versus hurting? What's one of the signs that maybe we're hurting our kids versus helping
2: when it's a reoccurring theme that they don't have money to pay for their cell phone bill or they've been living in your basement for two years
1: well but so that brings up an interesting piece though because a lot of people say well wait a minute time out pause throw the flag there because my child they went to you know they did a good job they got the four-year degree they've they worked hard and you know and i wasn't able to pay for that college and so now they're living at home mike to save money so they could pay off their college loans.
2: Okay. But that's not really teaching them to take care of themselves. Why not? Because they're essentially doing what they did between freshman and sophomore year and sophomore and junior year. They don't pay for a house. They don't pay for their groceries. 10 to 1 says mom still does their laundry.
1: I mean, I think, you know, when it's enabling, if it goes from, I live with my parents Do I live with my roommates? roommates. (laughs) (laughs) Then we know. We have now overstepped that line in the sand. I think of it as forward movement. Are we moving forward? And what I mean by that, if your child moves in right after college. and uh, I did
2: it. I moved back home.
1: Good example, ladies and gentlemen, of another
2: millennial. I don't live at home now. You live with me. I didn't live with you. There was a transition period. I lived by myself. Well, not by myself. I had a roommate, but I'm not talking to my parents.
1: <laughs> I had roomies. The, the idea here, though, is forward movement to me uh, represents this. So they move in. they right out of college. Um, maybe they get a job. They didn't have a job in, in, in college or let's say a serious job. Now they get a job and it's a regular occurrence. That's a move forward. Right. In college, because of the way student loans work, they're in deferment. Most of them are in deferment until six months out of college, whether that's graduation or not, six months of not being enrolled in courses, you got to start paying on them. So if they start paying on their student loans, if mom and dad aren't paying on the student loans, but, you know, little Billy, I guess I shouldn't say little Billy, but, you know, big Billy, okay, this is getting weird, (laughs) starts paying on the student loans, that's forward progress. Right. But there's a point that we see that this stalls because all of a sudden they graduate college. They move back in, which we're not saying is a bad thing. I don't think. No. They get a job and they get comfortable. That's my younger brother. Bob. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. I, I mean, from personal experience, I love one of my younger brothers to death, but my mom has held his hand forever. He went to a small community college for a year. He's really just not a school kid. It just isn't not his thing. And he works for, well, me, my parents. He works for the family company, but he was living at home. He was given a company vehicle to -hmm. drive to and from work. He doesn't pay for the insurance on it. I don't even think he paid for his cell phone. And quite frankly, he'd deposit his checks, and my mom would go in and pay his student loan payments through his checking account, but he wasn't even responsible enough to set it up to get it taken care of himself.
1: And we are going to hope that this is on such small wave band radio that this doesn't come up at Thanksgiving.
2: Oh, we talk about it all the time at home anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> my point my point here, though, and I think you're illustrating it, is there was forward movement, and then it stalls. Right. And so one of um, our kids love a classic movie, What About Bob?, and there's two parts that they love. What's the, do you know which one I'm thinking of right now? I'll be peace. No, not that one. Oh. I just want no. some peace and quiet. All right, I'll be peace or I'll be quiet. Then the other one goes, I'll be peace. Now that's not the one. What's the other piece that, what's the other part that they love?
2: The baby step part. Yeah.
1: Baby steps in the office. Baby steps in the hallway. Baby steps into the elevator. I'm gonna tell you, after our well, it wasn't ten at the time, but after our oldest watched that. I think for about a month, any time you asked him to do something he didn't want, it was baby steps, putting my dishes into the dishwasher and wiping them off first and then taking out the trash. (laughs) But we got to, I look at this, when we get a pause, when we get a stall to the forward movement, we need to start with some baby steps. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the three baby steps to take to get that stalled child age or college age child getting them back to that momentum that you wanted to have after college retirement can be both exciting and intimidating
0: at legacy financial network we have found many people fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them primarily social security since deciding when to file for your benefit is so important our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy, call our office at
1: 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to learn more. All right, and welcome back, everyone. This is the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. We are your hosts, Michael Markey and Vanessa Markey. Our idea for this show, and the reason it's been picked up on a few more stations, um, at this point, we've been on long enough, but I guess one more thank you to 1340 AM, WJRW, a News Talk Radio, and 98.7 up in Ludington, and of course, 102.9 FM, WFUR. Uh, we would thank everyone for joining us. But our idea for the show is to give different perspectives from a male, female, husband, wife, um, household budget person, and academic financial background. Before we left for the commercial, we're talking about baby steps. We talked about what about Bob and baby steps out of the office, baby steps into the hallway, baby steps into the elevator. And we've been talking about how college-age kids, whether they graduate or whether they just come back home, they're gonna take a break from college, they come back and so many of them get stalled. And they get stalled on their progress of their forward movement. And how do we know when we're going from as you corrected me earlier, helpful? to enabling. The first baby step that you and I have talked about is getting kids to start paying for rent. Now, um, I know there's a lot of people listening that they're thinking of their own kids and they're going, you know what? I don't have to write checks for my own kids. I don't have to pay their bills. They worked hard. They got good grades. They're back at home. Um, They're saving. I'm not in that situation. And I think some people here in that maybe are rationalizing. And if you do think they're making forward momentum, they're doing a good job paying off debts, I still think that baby step number one would help accelerate this momentum. So share with us, what's baby step number one?
2: Getting them to pay rent.
1: Does it matter whether it's a one month rent or six month, one year?
2: No, I, I think it should be once a month only because that's a feasible and realistic payment, I guess you could say. You pay your mortgage once a month. You would pay rent in an apartment or a house once a month. I mean, getting them to do it once every six months, I don't feel like it becomes a habit.
1: No. And I, you know, I'm glad you clarified that because what I meant by that was, um, maybe we should back up. Should they sign a lease? Yes. Absolutely. Why?
2: Because then it holds them accountable to some sort of a standard. They're not just living in mom and dad's basement and having a good old time because they're roomies.
1: So if you're late on your lease payment, if you're in the real world, what happens?
2: You get a penalty.
1: Yeah. It's a minimum. A lot of times I, what I've reviewed leases for, you know, and, we, and we've sold some, you know, we have an office building. So our typical penalty on the lease is $50. If you're day late, $50. Now, I can't say that we haven't waived that sometimes. Uh well, certainly have. I mean, I know some of our largest tenants, they'll come up and be like, I was traveling and didn't even think about it. Here's two months. Here's the one I'm six days late on and here's next month. I've never charged them the $50 penalty.
2: Right, and they're, I mean, but they're consistent whereas you have had tenants where it's, they are repeatedly late mm-hmm. every single month and days and oh, there's an excuse. Them. Yeah. And
1: Oh, here's your fee, sorry. Right. And if you don't pay the fee, you're in default. But it doesn't make you the bad person. I think that's what's important. So you have it in writing with the kid, the child, here's when your payments due. And I think what it does it teaches them if they're going to be late for some reason that they need to communicate.
2: Right. They need to have a conversation and say, "Hey, this happened to my car unexpectedly and I'm sorry. I've got, you know, I don't get paid till Friday and payments due on Tuesday. Is it okay if I wait till Friday because I had to go get my brakes done on my car or I popped a tire Which on my fair. car."
1: You know, and they're not going to think of some of those things because it's the first time happening to them. And as mom and dad, you go, you got to prepare for this. You got to put money aside for tires. You did your tires and your brakes at the same time. (laughs) So next time you need brakes, guess what? You need tires. But this may be groundbreaking enlightenment here. Your kids don't think you know what they're talking, what you're talking about. They're going to say, Well, I got 50,000 mile tires and my brakes last 30,000 miles. So I won't have to do them at the same time. Lo and behold, one goes out. Guess what? the, The other thing goes out. It just happens that way. But until they go through it, they may not believe you. So, what I like with your idea of having the physical lease is what happens if they're going to be late and you've noticed that every Friday and Saturday night, they're going out with their friends and it doesn't necessarily need to be going out drinking or to the bars, but they're going out to Applebee's as an example.
2: Right. They're going out to eat. They're going out to a movie. They're just going out. I mean, it's gas to drive somewhere, mm-hmm. even if they even if they just go to the beach. Technically, the beach doesn't cost anything if you park outside, but you're still driving out there.
1: Sure. And you're probably buying some beverage, you know, even if it's pop and sodas and food. Right. It, it always adds up. So the, the idea there is that now if you have a late, Payment penalty. It's in writing. You're not being mean because you watch them do all these fun things and now not meet a responsibility. Right. So we believe that baby step number one is put your kids onto a lease. Now I like the idea of a one-year lease with here's the time of you know every month when you're gonna pay me. And if you're late, it's a fifty dollar penalty. Um I one of the things that we've done with some of our tenants. When they show, now it's for some of our real small offices, when they have a history of being late, when we go to renew their lease, I might, let's say that it used to be 350 a month, I'll make it $400 a month. And a $50 discount if they pay me early. I don't know why that works.
2: Because they think they're getting a deal.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I can tell you that somebody who's consistently late becomes consistently early fair enough so what do you or think on of, time what do you think of the should it be a one monthly should it be a month month six month lease one year lease
2: uh, I think realistically not that I ever had an apartment but I have had plenty of friends that have lived in an apartment before they got a house I realistically I believe leases are a year
1: and I think it's important to start giving a model of what they're gonna see in the real world right. What would you charge for rent?
2: So I guess it would have to probably depend on the situation or if I mean if your child has a good job, you could even do two to two fifty a month. But if it's and I'm not saying that my situation was bad, but when I got out of college, there was literally nothing. It was 2009. So I was working retail, which those hours, and it was partially commissioned. So mm-hmm. it would have been, in some instances, a little bit more difficult to come up with 250 bucks just because there were months that were good and there were months that were bad, working-wise. So even $100. I mean, an amount that's reasonable with your kid.
1: Would you... But let's, you know, you may... While we're not on air, we may have a totally different conversation that will be fairly one-sided from your perspective. But that being said, I'm going to walk into this fire. If they had given you a $150 a month rent payment or $200 a month rent payment, wouldn't you have figured it out?
2: Right. Probably. I mean, it might have taken me a couple of months to figure out how to allocate,
1: but you would have, if your job, like you said, there's nothing else out there. But if that job didn't create enough wealth, didn't create enough wages, income to meet your obligations, then what the lesson we want to teach is that you get another job. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of people, when they listen to us, I know certainly people our age, they think we're jerks and they think we're too close minded and we're, you know, You're another one of those Republican people.
2: (laughs) No, it's your responsibility to get a job and take care of yourself. It's not anybody else's responsibility to take care of yourself. I'm sorry, but once you hit that age where you're able to do it, you should responsibly do it. And if you're living a lifestyle that you can't handle, then you need to make some choices.
1: Well, and I think there's the grown-up choice. If your income, if the job, it's, it's all about, in my opinion, it's all about being uncomfortable. What's more uncomfortable? Not paying the rent, not or maybe let's say you can pay your rent, you can pay your student loans, but you can't do anything else. What's going to be more uncomfortable? Going and getting a part-time job making pizzas once you know a week, or not being able to do anything. And that lesson there, learning that we're not Congress, you can't just spend money you don't have. You've got to have a balanced budget. It won't be balanced daily. It won't necessarily be balanced weekly. It's not even necessarily balanced monthly. But at some point, it better balance. And when it doesn't, you make different choices based on, I think this is human nature, based on how uncomfortable it is. It, it is. is it more uncomfortable to sit at home on the couch, not be able to do anything? Or would it be more uncomfortable or you know, rather than get a job, Doing pizzas, making pizzas once a week. Or would it be less uncomfortable making pizzas once a week so you could go do some fun things with your friends? It forces you to make that decision. Right. So baby step number one, I thought we'd get to more baby steps before the second break, but I don't think we should. Baby step number one, put your kids on a written lease. Now, before you change the station, going these guys are off the rocker and they're just too mean and they don't get how sensitive my millennial kids are. They need to grow up. All right. That's not where I was going. (laughs) You can see who the nice one in our relationship is. I promise you, it is me. But when we come back, we're not only going to give you two more baby steps, but we're also going to give you an idea, I think, that most people will like about this. If you think we're being too tough, it will... Soften the blow. And on that note, we'll be right back. Mike
0: Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute, with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we covered during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael
1: Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. All right, and welcome back to the last segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. We're talking about when do you know whether you're helping your adult age children and when do you know if you're actually enabling them? It's a lot of you listening going, "Ah, I don't know if it's really that big of a deal here. I'm going to tell you that I meet with people all the time who are in their 50s, their 60s, and they're still dealing with this because sometimes with kids in their 30s and 40s, because it's hard to stop. What we've been doing. It's just hard. It's kind of the whole problem we have with healthcare right now. They're going, how do you take away something people already have? So baby step number one was put a written lease agreement out. We don't care whether it's a one month or a six month, one year. I think one year's better because that's what they're gonna get in the real world and have accountability if they're late. Baby step number two is what?
2: Have them pay for their cell phone.
1: And how are we going to do that, though? Because if they pay for their cell phone, they can't just break it down in the bill. If, if your bill is 200 bucks, they can't pay Sprint 50 bucks. If they go on to their own plan, it goes from being 40 or 50 bucks to 100 bucks, And we don't want to do that. That kind of seems like that's putting them behind the eight ball. You know, that's going backwards. So how do we make them accountable for their own cell phone bill?
2: You make it another bill to you. You put it as part of their plan, whether that be a separate one or, as we talked about, lumping it in to their lease agreement or whatever.
1: And I don't see any problem again making some type of written contract with them. It seems overboard, but you want it in writing because when they go out to eat next month and they're out doing this with their friends, they buy an Xbox or I, mean, I guess people don't buy Xboxes. But they buy whatever and then you're like, "Well, Billy, I can't believe you did that. You owe me this money." And then it's, "Well, mom, you're being mean because I got to enjoy some of this. I'm working all this time and I deserve this." And then all of a sudden you become mean, you're the big evil person, and then you feel bad and it doesn't work.
2: Right. And I think, um, I mean, in regards to that, you as your parents, as a team, you guys need to talk about that. Because like I look at my own parents, for example, and um, with the same younger brother (laughs) and, you know, my mom would be on one end of the spectrum going, well, you know, he had this or he had that or blah, blah, blah. And you got my dad over you know, on the other side going, well, it's his responsibility. He needs to take care of it. And then they're fighting because their child didn't do what he was supposed to. And you got one on the one end saying, well, it's okay. And you got the other one on the other end going, well, no, this is not okay. It's his responsibility. He's 20 something years old.
1: So now you got fights between child and father, father and mother. Right. That's the entire point of this show. We're going to try to help people fight, argue more about money. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're trying
2: to stop that. (laughs) Right. No, the whole point of that was you as the parents, again, need to come together as a team. So if your agreement is he needs to, he, she, whoever, needs to pay cell phone with their rent, needs to pay cell phone on this date, whatever, you can't vary from that as a team. You have to do it together.
1: And I think if for whatever reason they get behind on one, you'd make it arrears. Don't let off. It's not going to feel fun. But there's, a, there's an end goal to this that we're going to get to soon because we only got about five minutes left. Baby step number three, very similar to baby step number two. What is that one?
2: Have them pay their own car insurance.
1: Now, I think this one's easier than cell phone, but it's more expensive than cell phone. And that's why we pushed it off, right? Right. Um. So baby step number three, how do we make that one work?
2: I they get their own car insurance.
1: Well, it can still be under the conglomerate, right? Multi-family, multi-policy discount. But I don't, you know, in Allstate, they may invoice bill separately for that. But more than likely, they're not going to. But it's paid annually. It's paid every 6 months. Maybe monthly. We don't one of the best things you could do for your kid right here is to teach them what, get them used to do what with their car insurance.
2: Pay it early, pay it every six months at start because Mm -hmm. that's easier than doing annually because annually is a big chunk, but then they get a discount.
1: There you go. Because monthly is easier, right? But
2: right in the realm of the whole, you get a discount, have them pay the six months, baby step, and then have them do the year.
1: Because on a yearly basis, on average, car insurance is eight to 12% lower. Now, when they first get that first policy in their name, insurance is based on something called an insurance score or insurance credit score. Theirs isn't going to be as strong as yours. Theirs isn't going to have the 30 policy multifamily thing discount. Theirs on a percentage of $1,000 of coverage or dollar per $1,000 of coverage will be more expensive than yours. So an 8% discount on a more expensive policy is more impactful than an 8% discount on a less expensive policy. So baby step number one was what?
2: Set up a lease.
1: Make them pay it. Make them pay rent. Accountability that doesn't make you the bad person. We go into this with good communication. We know what the consequences are for paying it late. Number two? Make them pay their cell phone. And again, in writing?
2: Right, and have an agreement between the two of you, the adults, not You need to have an agreement in between the two of you and then agreement with your child. Number three. Car insurance.
1: It's that easy. I think those are three great baby steps. If one of those kids are kind of stuck in mud, they're just forward movement has paused. Or if they are doing all the things you want them to do, this will accelerate that forward movement. So now we got all these dollars from two or three years worth of them living in our basement. What do we do from there? We, I keep promising people there's, that we do have a little bit of a heart here. What do we do?
2: I think you set it aside, and then when they're ready to move out, they have a down payment for a house.
1: So how cool is that as a parent? We're not telling you to mooch off your kids. By the way, I don't think that's mooching. You pay for stuff, they pay you back. <laughs> not the definition no, of mooching. But you're
2: helping them out. You're having them pay for something so it becomes a habit, and then... Surprise! like when you don't know what to do with that extra money for college, you have an envelope of money and say, here's something towards a house.
1: And, you know, let's just put that in perspective. Let's say junior is in your basement for a year and a half, $200 a month in rent, $50 a month in cell phone. So now we're at $250. What? $100 a month for car insurance? Am I off on that? That's $1,200 a year? Yeah. So it's $350. Times 18 months, see if I can do that one, it's 3500 That's $5,250. How cool would that be? Imagine they move Now, I think you don't tell them that before they buy the, their house or before they get their first apartment. You don't want that to be their down payment. Right. But how neat would this be? I want you guys to imagine right now they're moving in. You say, hey, you know what? I want to bring over some nice steaks, a nice bottle of wine. Let's have, let's celebrate. Let's have a dinner at your new place. Kind of an intimate thing. And then you hand them, if it were me, you know what I would do?
2: Hand them an envelope full of money because you think it's cool.
1: You know, <laughs> I have grown. You have changed me <laughs> as a person. Uh-huh. You have. I thought, yes, an envelope with $100 bills, I think it's cool. I like it. It's impactful. But I would also go out and buy them a $50 or $100 safe. Just in case there's a fire.
2: And then put the money in there?
1: Yes. (laughs) And you have given them. We keep talking about the average family has little more than a few hundred dollars in savings and checking. We've been saying that life will change with how much in savings and checking? Five. $5,000. Over the course of 18 months. That's it. And just charging your child a little bit. And if... They can't do it because they're working. Where were you working in college, outside of college, first job? Uh, retail store. And you know what will happen? So. They'll go deliver pizzas. They'll flip burgers. They'll make fries. I don't know. I don't really care. Makes me mean, I don't know. But I can only imagine what a good first step you have done. You've not only given them the skill of getting used to budgeting and getting used to paying things and getting used to paying it on time and paying car insurance ahead of time. But starting off their life in this new home with $5,000 of cash, having that emergency fund, how neat would that be? So we want to thank you guys for joining us again this week. It truly always is a pleasure. And until next week, we are your hosts. God bless. This has been
0: Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK